0: CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina.
1: Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. Thanks again for joining us today. We have a really exciting show. I have a very close friend of mine coming on today that I have known for over a decade that is so incredibly loyal to this industry and is such a true cannabis weed warrior. So I'm really super excited about that. I have some really interesting news. Um, today's topic for our theme for the for the day is going to be prisoners and pot. And as you know, that's something that's very, very close to my heart is cannabis. And of course, as we all know, anyone that's involved in the cannabis industry knows that the odds are against you and that there are a lot of bad laws written out there and we all have the opportunity to be in handcuffs or be in a courtroom and know that our lives are going to be, you know, at, put it at balance, you know, at risk for the rest of our lives. We just don't know. And, and so this is something that's really dear to my heart. And so activism, when you, when I started in this industry, I knew a few people, I, I, I had friends working in the industry, and I knew of you know the greats, and I knew of Jack Herrera, and I knew of you know Eddie Lepp, and I knew of people that had gone to jail or been arrested for cannabis. And it wasn't until I actually started working in the industry did I realize that I was getting to know people that were the next in line going to jail or their friends, and it started becoming closer and closer to me. And before you know it, it was. My actual friends going to jail and I was very concerned, man, this could be me at any minute because really anyone that possesses cannabis could be charged with it. Uh, Federally, as we know, they have it as a schedule one drug. We cannot possess it. They don't really listen to the state's rights or they haven't in the past, which we're hoping to change. And so, you know, every single person that has used cannabis really needs to look at this and say, the system is broken. It's not working. What are we doing wrong? Do people who, you know, do they belong in jail? People who are using drugs? Maybe we should think about a different way of treating this. And especially when we look at how many people are in prison right now for cannabis-related so-called crimes, whether it's possession or, or growing or, you know, it, it it costs a lot of money and our government is throwing out billions of dollars Uh, a year to pay to keep people who are nonviolent, you know, offenders, victimless crimes they've committed, and uh, keep them in jail and keep them away from their families. And, you know, whether you're for legalization or not, you're paying for marijuana to be illegal. And, you know, according to the the FBI, 43.3% of all arrests for drug abuse violations are people who are in possession of marijuana. I mean that's ridiculous. Six percent of all drug u- drug abuse violation arrests were for the sale or manufacturing of marijuana. In other words, we're talking about fifty percent of all drug related arrests are connected with marijuana. There's something wrong here. We know that cannabis is not a horrible thing. It's not. We're not talking about alcohol. You know, half the, pi- the population that's in prison for substance abuse is in prison for cannabis related crimes. You know, funny enough. There was a time when it was illegal for farmers to not grow hemp, right? Marijuana's industrial cousin, essentially, THC cousin is hemp. And we were all forced to grow it for their fiber, for ropes, for oil, for paper, nutritional hemp seeds, so many different other things. But, you know, in 19—I mean, excuse me, in 1619— the colony in Virginia Jamestown actually passed a law that required farmers to grow Indian hemp seed along with various other must grow you know laws spanning for the next two centuries to follow. But when did this go so wrong? You know When did a renewable resource or substance um, that has such a wide variety of uses suddenly become so taboo for American citizens? you know how does this history have been basically erased from from textbooks and museums. The government decided to do a tax and regulate in 1937, and it passed the Marijuana Tax Act. And this bill forced any individual who dealt in the sale or transportation of cannabis in any capacity to pay a tax of $1, right? And this today would be like, what, $20? I mean, in today's economy. But, you know, the real kicker is that If an individual or a party, you know, they didn't pay the tax, they'd be subject to five years in prison or a fine of, you know, back then I believe was $2,000, which now would probably be $50,000. It just seems that the government's really flip-flopped its stance on hemp and cannabis. And after it repealed alcohol prohibition, you know, it, it really changed. And... So, you know, when you look at the history, you look at what's going on, you realize, you know, when you're doing the math on how many individuals are currently incarcerated for drug abuse violations, and that's 50% of people, you know, you're talking about 12 million people. And don't you think we should be putting these 12 million people in a better place? You know, there's a, a perfect example. There's a gentleman who's been in jail for... Gosh, at this point, it's probably more than half his life. And he's 80 years old. He was convicted um, of working on a a boat smuggling cannabis. And, you know, the guy's 80 years old. He's got a bunch of kids. He never had the opportunity to. Um, raise them and have a family. And it's just so sad when I look at this and go, you know, his name is uh, Antonio Biscaro, I believe. Um, And he is the longest serving pot prisoner in the U.S., and unfortunately, he was convicted before another bill was passed, basically letting people who are of age or older that have served more than half their sentence to get to get out free. He was not eligible for this. So right now, we're just praying that he gets pardoned. You know, and there's another guy named Jeff Mazanski. He's currently serving life sentence, no possibility of parole for a three strike conviction over the possession of marijuana. And so, you know, shout out to all the lawyers and the families out there who are fighting tirelessly to help these people. You know, you're not alone. We're here for you. And today I have my friend Stephanie who back in, um, sh- actually Stephanie, come and, come and join us on the, on the show today. Stephanie Landa.
2: Hello. Hi
1: Stephanie. Hi, yes, Stephanie. I Hi let's, how let's are you today? Let's talk about story. Oh, I'm so happy
2: to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share because I course. really appreciate People knowing that people are still going to jail and in jail for pot. It's, you know, a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people don't know about jury nullification where any jury member could set everybody free for pot. If you take your court, if you go to trial, one person on that jury can say not guilty and then you go free. So the pot laws are horrible. They've always been horrible. To tell you the truth, in 1966, I thought it was going to be legal any second. (laughs) And here we are, you know, 50 years later, and we're still fighting the same fight. And I know the medical thing is really great, and I'm really glad because I had cancer, and I have to take hemp oil right now. So if it wasn't available, I'd be really upset but the me- since it became medical in California in 1996, all my friends have been going to jail. Like, before that, we were underground and sneaking around, and we wouldn't tell anyone. Certainly, we wouldn't just tell a stranger. Now, it's come a long way since then, but people are going to jail.
1: People no are clients. still going to jail. And, yeah, you know, and that's that's exactly you. why I wanted to have you on today is because not only have you made an effort to do things right, but how it backfired in your face and everything that's happened to you after the fact. So Stephanie actually was from L.A. She moved up to San Francisco
2: uh, in 2002, I believe, Steph. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 2002, because we were invited, chief of police, by the captain of the narcotics squad, the district attorney. Karen Hallinan. I know, Terrence. That's right. And they all uh, no, invited I, us and gave it to us in writing. Absolutely. So we absolutely. thought we were in. We were fine. We were going to go up there, and everything was going to be fine. And we had this piece of paper, lots of pieces of paper, and so we were up there three months before the San Francisco police came into our place. You
1: moved up to San Francisco in two thousand
2: and two. Right. We moved up to San Francisco in two thousand and two. We were invited, we went to a meeting first and got invited by the district attorney, Helen Ann, and the chief of police, and the captain of the narcotics squad. And they gave it to us in writing. No plant limit, just stay in San Francisco. Don't vend out of San Francisco. So we thought, okay, fine. And they said they would not cooperate with the federal government. So that they were a sanctuary. So, us stupid idiots moved up there. I want everyone to know that pot is illegal and these things can happen. So, we moved up there. They came in and raided us after three months. We were two blocks. We were in the flower district, two blocks from the police station because they told us they would protect us. So, they came in, raided us, completely destroyed the entire grow, and then they left. And they didn't arrest any of us. So, we all thought, okay, let's move back to L.A. So, we all... Got our things together, moved back to LA, and three weeks later, we were indicted by the big bad feds, and we had to turn ourselves in. And the San Francisco Police Department turned us over to the feds, which happens a lot. They couldn't uh, they couldn't prosecute us because they told us to do this. And then the feds did prosecute us, and we took a deal. We were advised to take a deal. There was a lot of shaky things happening. That,
1: but, uh, but see, I recall from your court case that Chris Conrad, the marijuana expert, uh, counted what was it, 880 root balls which means you had 880 plants, but the feds were saying that you had like 12 over 1,200. And so because you were over the 1,000 plant limit, you are
2: now going to be serving more time. 10 to life. That's what they threatened us with. Now, I kept saying, I know there was only 880. We're experts. We do it this way. They can't have any more than that. Okay, I got overvoted but I did not know that our attorneys, Bill Panzer and the, Tony Sarah's office and David Nick, had actually lied to us. Mm. I didn't know that until two years later. Because Chris Conrad saw us at Alice Margolin's office and said to Allison and I, I don't understand why you took a deal when there was only 800 plants. You're, I overheard your attorney's making a deal with the U.S. attorney for over a 1,000 plants. Right. So, so there's
1: obviously, there's, there's you know, internal collusion. drama going on. And, and yes, exactly. And there, there, until we change these laws, this is what we're dealing with is uh, a lot of shadiness. And uh, you really are helpless once you're in the system. And so we're actually going to go run to break real fast. When we come back, we're going to talk to Stephanie Landa, my weed warrior of the week. Find out more information from wonderful Steph, the grow master herself.
0: Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
4: Sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. And today I have an awesome guest, Stephanie Landa. She goes by Let Freedom Grow on Instagram. She is a cannabis weed warrior, and she is my weed warrior of the week. And we were just discussing her case back in San Francisco in 2002. She was invited by the city to open up a a grow house to provide cannabis back to the collectives in the city of San Francisco. And someone from San Francisco City turned her in to the feds, and the feds prosecuted her. And her and her two co-defendants, Tom and Kevin, Really, that was just such a horrible time. And that's really when I met Stephanie, is
2: uh, right when all this was going on. Right, Steph? Uh, yeah. Actually, it was all going on at that time. But I stayed out of prison for five years fighting it.
1: Yes. I remember and... Kevin was in jail because I had met his girlfriend with you. Right.
2: Right. Who died of a brain tumor.
1: Oh. So... I know.
2: Crazy. So,
1: so. we crazy. we've really seen some crazy things in this industry, and another thing that you know you have really brought a lot of light to my eyes uh, as far as people in prison for pot because I'm not someone that really was raised with people that I knew that were close to me that went to jail, so I didn't really other than seeing it on TV understand how the the criminal you know the the system works and and the jails are a profiteering system and they are a business a hundred percent. And it wasn't until you told me about your experiences of going to federal prison for, you know, almost five years and just the things that you had to deal with on a daily basis um, really just brought, you know, it inspired me to, to look deeper and see what can we do to help our prisoners
2: Yes, I, I was land a prison outreach program that I actually formed in prison because I realized that people needed something. And we, uh, sent in books while I was in prison and formed a library in there. So when I got out, we kept doing that. And then I got really sick with cancer and I melted with the human solution. And the human solution does court support, goes to court. If you have a case, We'll go to court for you and bring lots of people that wear green ribbons, and we take care of 120 people that are in jail for pot, 50 of them for life. So Dr. Dina has a challenge.
1: <laughs> that, oh, you're going, Stephanie. You're go- You're jumping uh, right to the gun.
2: Oh, right to the gun, because that's all I'm really interested in, is raising money for these poor people that are in prison. They don't have toothpaste, toothbrushes, a brush for their hair. They have to wear these heavy steel-toed boots unless they can afford to buy a pair of sneakers. I mean, it's just so crazy in there, not, you know, give them a bag of chips or, you know, it's just a very crazy thing when you get in there because you're stripped. You have stripped of
1: everything, and so the things that the things that really you know stuck in my mind that, that you were com- telling me about that you had to pay for what you know first of all, is you have to buy a phone card to call your family. Um, right. Second of all, stamps if you want to write your friends or your family or anyone writing to you, and right. then you have you know a little hot sauce maybe for your bologna sandwich, <laughs> and then right. you know the chips or soap or shampoo, or a full-size toothbrush, or tennis shoes so, you know, your knees don't hurt from carrying around these heavy shoes. These are things that I just assumed were given to these prisoners, and what's mind-boggling is that we're paying, I think I I was trying to do the math, you know, we're assuming, let's assume that everyone's in, like, low, minimum security prison. That's, like, probably $25,000 a year to house someone.
2: And everyone isn't, by the way. A lot of people, a lot of men especially, that got longer than a 10-year sentence, which is most of everyone that goes to prison because they don't take deals because they think they're right, and so they go to trial. If you go to trial, you are slammed. So those people go to maximum security. Like they are in maximum security with really bad people.
1: And it's costing us billions of dollars, or you know, the taxpayers, and you know, it, it it just doesn't seem right. These families are losing, you know, their their dads. These kids are losing their fathers, their uncles, their grandfathers. They're not having, you know, it, it's just not fair. And and so, you know, Stephanie and I have been talking about this for a long time, and I noticed Stephanie uh, goes around to a lot of different dispensaries, and she has letter writing campaigns, and she'll show up at your dispensary, and she'll you know teach everyone how to write a letter to a prisoner it's not that difficult but the fact that no one does it is really kind of sad and i think people do it because it's it's sort of like you know when people think of of an illness they kind of someone that's sick they just kind of ignore it because they don't want to they don't want it to be close they don't want it to affect them and the same thing with this it's like the more they think about it you know it's depressing to write a note to a prisoner but that could be your dad that could be you and mm-hmm. stephanie you brought up this amazing Point to me. It's a cannabis fact of the week, and the fact was is that ten percent of us are going to get arrested for cannabis related charges. Ten percent of people that use cannabis, and you have everyone has ten friends that smoke. That means one of you guys are getting arrested, and so Mm -hmm. this this is it's really hitting close to home. And I think that we have a responsibility to to really give back and help. And so Stephanie and I have come up with this idea. And um, we'll, we'll talk about it now. We're going to be starting a new campaign uh, called the, the Dr. Dina's Cannabis POW Challenge. And we're going to challenge every dispensary, every extract artist, every edible company. Basically, any brand, any company, anyone that's involved in the industry can do this. And we will get you all the information. It will be on my website. Uh, coming soon, we're working on everything as we speak, and uh, you'll be able to sponsor a cannabis prisoner. We're gonna provide a plaque to everyone Involved in our campaign so you can display it proudly on your wall when people walk into your business. So they know that you are a supporter of the cannabis POW challenge that you give back, that you're going to adopt a a cannabis POW, make sure that they have the basics that they need, because oftentimes their families can't afford it. And they're left alone to, to, you know, borrow soap from someone else or wait until their buddy gets out maybe or maybe doesn't make it through the night and then they can have a new pair of shoes. And that's not what the message we want to these people who are not bad people and they didn't do something wrong. And we also want their families to know that we support them. And so we're going to be starting this challenge hopefully in the next few weeks. And, uh, I want every dispensary, and, uh, edible maker, extract artist, everyone involved to join and really get together and show as a community our power and support together. Steph, you have anything to say about that? Oh my God, I say ditto. <laughs> You're so easy. And so Stephanie and I were actually up very early this morning on a, a uh, conference call. And this conference call was um, setting up essentially our prisoner program, but that was at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and that was a little early for us, so we're a little sleepy today. But I'm super (laughs) excited. I know that our program is going to be amazing, and I just think that what we're doing is, is just so different from what other people are doing, and I really hope that in the next, you know, couple years, we won't even need to do this because all our prisoners will be out of jail and there will be no one to help any longer.
2: And I think that from, your, nice. from your lips to the powers that be. Right.
1: So we're actually going to go uh, take another short break. When we come back, Steph, I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of really interesting questions since I know you're the expert that I have questions for. And so we will be right back with Stephanie Landa.
0: Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
4: InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com.
3: Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis confidentials. only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are joined
1: today by Stephanie Landa, my favorite. She goes by Let Freedom Grow on Instagram. You want to check her out. I was recently Stephanie in a. Uh, I was in Spain and I was hanging out with Mark Emery, who is the Prince of Pot in Canada, who you uh, were very close friends with, or still are, still are close friends with. And I mentioned your name, and he just smiled and said, "Oh, Stephanie, she has the most luscious breasts. And so I've been laughing about this nonstop, and uh, our, we're really excited because Stephanie is uh, my my hippie sister, and Stephanie just went to Victoria's Secret and bought herself this really lovely bra and took all these pictures with her uh, push-up bra on, and everyone's going bananas. So if you want to throw money at the prisoners when you see Stephanie, you can just, you know, stick it in her cleavage. She'll take that. She doesn't care where you put it.
2: That's so funny. I will do everything for your commissary money. I'm the total commissary whore, for sure. (laughs) And now, yes, I did get a bra because, like, I'm not being a hippie anymore. I want money. Hippies don't have money. (laughs) So uh, I'm ready. And uh, Dina will be on the radio again tonight on TV, actually. You should say that. I'll be there.
1: Yes, I will be doing a little web show tonight. So so I have a couple more questions for you because okay. we're running out of time, and I want to get through this stuff. I want to know, who you, who are your heroes?
2: Who are my heroes? Jack Hara for saying hemp will save the world.
0: Excellent. And
2: Tom Kikuchi, my mate who took me through having cancer. He's my hero. And... Anyone could be my hero by giving me a donation for commissary. Oh, I like that answer.
1: <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes. What is your favorite strain to grow?
2: My favorite strain to grow is probably haze. So and for blueberry. those of you. I'm sorry, blueberry and haze. Blueberry. My favorite yum. to grow.
1: My yum, yum, yum. So Stephanie and I first met when I had helped open the first collective on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, and she was providing cannabis to our collective, and we became really good friends, and I just knew that anything that Stephanie grew was going to be my favorite flavor, and Mm. that's when I realized that women actually spend more time with their plants and talk to them more, and the plants really like it, and they seem to look nicer than some of the stuff that the guys were bringing. And so, you know, I was always really fascinated by that, but but when I, when I hear stories about how Stephanie waters her plants and does things, I just start laughing because it's, she doesn't do it normally. She has her own way of doing things. So how long have you been doing this for, Stephanie, is really what I want to get at.
2: I first plants in Santa Barbara Sycamore Canyon outdoors was
1: 1966.
2: 1966. Wow. I started smoking pot in 1959. Unbelievable.
1: And yeah. do you think that pot or cannabis have affected you differently because you smoke you've
2: smoked for so many years? Yeah, it's probably made me the nicest person in the world. <laughs> I second
1: that. I second that. I second that. <laughs> so, what do you do in your spare time when you're not growing cannabis for your medicinal use or helping others?
2: I sit around smoking pot
1: with my friends and educating them. Ooh, I like that. And I do know that you've been going to a lot of the secret sessions, which are usually a bunch of, uh, you know, 20-something-year-old
2: kids. So they must think you are uh, quite a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I had the best time Sunday night. Everyone there is so friendly and so nice, and all they want to do is smoke pot and get high and and be nice.
1: It's it's really That's- neat. There's a, this thing called the secret sesh, and I'm sure they're being done everywhere where people basically plan a cannabis-friendly party, and they charge a small amount to get in, and people are – um, given free cannabis to smoke all night and there are people selling items and, and no, vendors there's free, there.
2: da- there's free da- for $20 there's free dabs, free food, free drinks and free pot and then they throw out things to the crowd where you come out of there with at least like a gram of dab, everybody you know, wow it's not, yeah it's like a very unbelievable thing that Tim has created it's very nice it's really nice and and it's all ages like there's some people well I was probably the oldest person there for sure uh, yeah for sure but there were like <laughs> older people that were in their 40s you know I've been but, to uh, one of them I,
1: I went to the secret sesh uh, for
2: Halloween it was very fun yeah they're fun they're very fun and the next one's going to be in San Jose this weekend and then in Palm Springs
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, that is really, really cool. And uh, so, what other
2: things do you do for fun? I help people put on events like the Green Oasis in Palm Springs Coachella weekend. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that. So, what is yeah. that? Tell us more. Um, it's going to be at a mini. Uh, it's a mansion mini resort, and they're going to have like all kinds of games and swimming and rappers and food and just all kinds of things. It's going to be the elegant party for Coachella. That's awesome. Awesome. I will
1: be in Denver and, uh, in Seattle judging two different, uh, cannabis cups during the week. I will have so you smoke all the, the cannabis out in Coachella for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will represent. I love that. I love that. So, um, I have a few more questions. If you could, it, I would say if you could look into the future in five years, where would you see us?
2: Oy ve Because I looked into the future. I even made a T-shirt that said, no one would be in prison in 2005. And that's oh. probably going to be our challenge site, nojailforpot.com. But I made this T-shirt because I thought, this was in 99, I thought for sure by 2005. So, like, I am at the point where I think the whole thing is really ridiculous. It's the only law that you can't present evidence in court for. It's totally like what is really going on is that That's hemp right. is illegal. People are making a lot of money by keeping hemp illegal, and pot is the way to keep hemp illegal. That's
1: Excellent. That's my thought. I love it and I think that you just wrapped up the show so beautifully and we are out of time, but you really just hit the nail on the head and thank you so much for joining us. Stephanie, you are my weed warrior of the week and everyone go thank check you. out Stephanie Landa on on Instagram, let freedom grow. I'd like to thank Brasco, my awesome producer for making this happen and uh, join us next week. We'll be back with more Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Bye.